This week on Grip and Grin. Fly fishing during the cold winter months might seem out of the question, but the possibility is reality. Listen as the team discusses wading and battling the frigid waters of Maine to Massachusetts. These polar outings are what separate the novices from the diehards. As an angler, it pushes your skills and techniques to your limits. Holding your fly rod with patience and casting with determination is the recipe for the winter set. Welcome, all you listeners, to another episode of Grip and Grin. I know, a little curveball there. Um, But uh, yes, we are back in action, and we're actually... In person? In person. (laughs) Which is so weird, not looking at you at a screen right now. It's just, it's wild. It is wild. And we're also in a really different setup, too. We are in the the Grip and Grin cave, if (laughs) you will. Um, You know, we got some uh, fly fishing going on, a 75-inch TV right behind you there, and... We got a bunch of skulls around us, of fish, feathers. We got everything. Victories. Yes. Those are our victories. True grip and grin. But as always, check out the Instagram, you know, DM us, follow us, subscribe. Check out the old podcast. We know we're getting back into it for season two. We took a little break, but we are full steam ahead. Full steam. Full steam. Uh, Ice fishing is pretty much uh, after this, like... April first is now hit, so yep. I mean, Moosehead still had two feet of ice on it yeah, last week. Yeah, Northern Maine definitely still has ice, and I saw in the Maine fishing report that they were saying there was probably a solid week, if not two, left of ice fishing. But we won't be doing that at all. Things are opening up very quickly, very quickly. I just put the ice traps away, man. Yeah, that's nice. I like did. in storage. <laughs> Good, finally. It took you a little bit. But. It did. It did. <laughs> My last outings though, like ice fishing, dude. After catching that pike, I caught, I think, one or two more pike after that, but mm. all my outings after that were pretty much goose eggs, like mud zero puppies. flags. <laughs> mud puppies. Yeah, I was slaying the mud puppies, which, you know, that invasive species is something new to me this year. But, um, yeah, it it wasn't uh, – I didn't end on a good note, per se, on my last outings, but I'm okay with that based on what happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, pulling in Nessie there, that large pike that I caught. So I'm fine with it. I'm good. So yeah, make sure to check that out on the Instagram. It is a behemoth. It's fucking awesome. <sighs> oh, I can't. Yeah. And I almost alluded to something new, but I'm not going to. Yeah, we can't do that. <laughs> we will not do that. But anyway, so let's jump right into it. So for this episode, you know, cabin fever, like spring's rolling around, but we are itching to get back on the water. You know, it's we get like uh, pampered a little bit with fifty degree weather, <laughs> so it just gives you a uh, hyped for the what's to come. Dude, I've been itching so hard, I got like scars. Like, <laughs> it's bad. But I mean, we knew that you know, southern uh, New England things would be you know warming up pretty quickly here. So I've actually been heading down to uh, Massachusetts to do some fly fishing with you. Yes, you have, and I've also been coming up to Maine to do some limited fly fishing. Uh, or it was pretty much dead of winter when we went up. Uh, yeah. It was freezing cold. Well, that day was warm, but it had been freezing cold. There was a ton of snow, and 
So the first thing you want to think about when you're trying to do some winter fly fishing is checking out the laws and regs. And we're going to beat that into you for this podcast because there's a lot of rules and regulations going online, making sure you're following everything where the season is year round in very select locations. So certain rivers you can fly fish year round. And we went to this spot, uh, this river in Northern Maine that's open year round fly fishing only. So just being sure that you actually know if you're legally allowed to be on that water fishing it, whatever. But we just needed to get out there and wet a line. Dude, fly fishing. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, you were in the water for 15 minutes and then the legs started to get cold. And yeah. it's like, all right, uh, step out and start trudging through snow to warm up. And it was actually, you know, that two or three feet of snow that we had on the banks was actually, you know, the silver lining there was when your legs are cold, mm. you know, trying to force yourself through that that powder is just going to warm the legs up, Yep, yep. which was kind of nice. It sucked because it would take you twice as long to get to a spot, but yeah. So we were fishing a tailwater um, in northern Maine where we knew there would probably be less ice build up there because there's actually controlled releases off this dam. And then when we were going in there, we knew we would have snow and whatever. There would be ice chunks, but it would be generally open. It's a larger river, so... We were focusing on using a, a ton of different nymphs. Um, we used the Golden Retriever, Wooly Buggers, Guide Special. We had a bunch of different flies that we were throwing out there, but we knew that we had to go low and slow for all our fishing because those fish would not be active for when we went uh, March. Yeah. Was in March? Early yep. March, I think. Early March, yeah. So there was it was still plenty cold, but with that warm front going through, we knew we would have at least a percent chance, maybe right. one or two percent, but... <laughs> It was just nice to, like, we always use those early season outings, too, to, like, you know, go through our tackle, new equipment. You know, I had new equipment all over me and just trying to, you know, get used to, okay, if if I'm casting, you know, does this work with casting? You know, with the stick, you know, making sure that stick is stationary and, you know, you have a stabilization there. Um, Relearning your knots, you know, getting that dexterity back. Seriously, though, I remember we were standing at the car and like tying those knots, getting the getting the uh, tippet on. I was like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, okay." Like, it sounds ridiculous, sounds silly, but well, it's kind of like expanded archery. Like we always use expanded archery, you know, to get ready for the season. So when the season rolls around, you're not too rusty. You know, you still have a little rust, but we've been kicking it off because we have done many trips. We're not even going to get to all of them. No. In this one episode. So. No, no. And it, it is kind of nice just to, you know, like you said, going from ice fishing to, to fly fishing is obviously different, but you're, yes, you're using different knots. Um, so, you know, I, I'm i using the polymer knot quite a bit, but it's because I was coming off ice fishing. And yeah. I was like, what are you doing? Um, so just using those, those knots to, um, you know, to practice and get more efficient with it. So we'll teach you more knots. Don't worry. <laughs> it's coming. We, we got plenty of fishing to do, but, and pretty much, you know, we went up there just with wetting a line, getting the technique down, enjoying ourselves. It was a nice warm day that day, even though the water was freezing and my feet were hurting at times, but a big goose egg on that trip, sadly. But it was, in my opinion, I'd rather do that than go ice fishing, but that's just me. <laughs> you want to hear something even more funny? I was looking at the wrong agenda. <laughs> really yeah i'm like scrolling down I'm like where the hell are you right now <laughs> oh <Well>? shit well, 
Told you we were rusty, folks. Um, yeah. Now, okay. Now I see. Yeah, we're good. We're good. <laughs> yeah, because we were talking about ice fishing to start. I'm like, I don't know where he's looking to talk about ice fishing because I thought we were done with that. But Jesus. All right. All right. Well, well now, good. but now we're wrapping up. The, you know, the first part of this agenda that we're now on together. <laughs> and you made a trip down the Mass actually uh, the next week, I think. Yeah, a uh, three-hour trek down to Massachusetts. Yep. Um, three-hour trek followed by another two-hour trek. <laughs> yeah, dude, crazy. I mean, it, coming from Maine going down to Mass, like, you don't realize, you know, the you can get pretty remote in Massachusetts. Mm, mm-hmm. You'd be surprised. I, I didn't realize that until, like, I got there and we started, like, getting into some of these valleys and stuff, and I was like, holy shit, like, we are out here. Yep. Not so much remote to the fact where, like, we're not going to see a soul, but like remote to the point where not many people are out here. There's not a lot of houses, mostly just pavement yeah, yeah. and water. So, yeah. but you know, again, we have to look at the regs in Mass. It's open year round. You know, there's special regulations for uh, certain waters what you can keep, uh, length limits and whatnot. But so you drove down, and I had a pretty good idea what we wanted to do. But I was telling you. Before we got to the rivers, we always want to work upstream. I know there's definitely people out there that like working downstream, but from my point of view, getting below the fish, because these fish are going to be spooky, mm. and you don't want to spook them at all. So when you're casting, you cast upstream, and then you can mend your line however way you need, and then work up the pool and hit the pool from different angles versus if you're ahead of the fish and casting down to them. It's a little, a little more tricky. So just uh, something I was trying to, you know, get you thinking about before we got out to these rivers. And you, you mentioned tailwaters earlier. What you mean by that is everything below a dam, correct? Exactly, yes. Yeah. So with that, you're going to have a much more controlled temperature water. So if you have like a freestone river, those temperatures are going to get a lot lower because um, they're not having a controlled water source where if you're releasing from a bottom of the dam, it's going to be pretty much the same year-round. So, And also knowing this... Uh, when you're fishing at tailwater, you know that they're going to hold fish year-round. So even if, like, they right. do stock these rivers, so they'll last through the summer because there's a cold water. But then in the winter, it's actually a little bit warmer mm-hmm. because you're not dealing with all this ice and whatnot. So, And these you say scare these fish. And, like, folks, you, you really don't know until, like, you're there. But, like, when he said that to me, I was like, yeah, okay, yeah. They are very skittish. Yes. Like, very to the point where, like, you could have a fly float right in front of their, right, literally right in front of their faces, and they wouldn't even yeah take it. Yep. And yeah. it's like what, like, and you always said like smaller is better, like with the nymphs and whatnot. I mean, what's the smallest nymph you that you've used down there? A size twenty four midge, which is that is so small. I I can't even describe to you. It's like it's way smaller than my pinky nail. I'll tell you that much. Oh like yeah, half that. Maybe a quarter of the size yeah. of your pinky nail. And it's just black. It's a zebra midge. So like these fish are very selective, and we knew that going into it. When we went out, I was saying we got change flies a lot. We got change flies a lot. We got to find what they want. And so we went to this uh, first large tailwater in Mass. Beautiful scenery. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a great drive in. We were fishing low and slow again. But still just weren't hooking up, having real bites. I think we – I don't even think we had any hits on uh, that the tailwater. First, I don't think we did, no. So we – with this river, it, there's many miles to it. There's a lot of places you can pull off. And we're, you know, we're hiking our way out – or hiking, we're trudging over a hill. But that was a fucking pain. <laughs> oh, my gosh, dude. Yeah, so that was like – I mean, the, the, the river itself, it was gorgeous. Like mm. – 
there was a lot of pools that we actually skipped. We were hitting like the like the best spots. Yes. Yeah, we yeah, were yeah. like, let's not waste our time. Let's get to the like the good spots. And we hiked. I mean, how far down that river did we go? We did a two three miles. Oh, are you thinking about the other river? I think you're jumping ahead right now. Oh, yeah. Because what we did first, you know. Because you've made multiple trips down here, so you're definitely... I know you're thinking of a different one, but when we crest this little hill at this tailwater, we run into this gentleman, right? Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I could see yeah, where yeah, you were yeah, going, yeah. but I was trying to reel you back in there. <laughs> We've trudged a lot of hills, um, but this one was definitely probably the steepest, um, literally using like saplings as like, you know climbing rope and there's a snow ice everywhere it was just a yeah mess. the one guy that we saw there um the other i mean he was pretty legit he had creepers on yeah yeah yeah. which i was like oh that's a great idea so like you know great little strategy if you're if you're fishing year round obviously creepers are a huge help getting down to the river itself if you're going down an embankment but yeah we get back to the cars and these two older gentlemen are like kind of scouting out the spot like eyeing it like should we do it? Should we do it? And we're like coming out of it. Like we just did it. And one of the guys was like, Oh, any luck? Like, uh, and you know, he saw the license plate. You guys came from Maine. He's like, you guys drove all the way down here for this. And I was, you had mentioned, you're like, no, I live here or whatever. And I was like, yeah, I did drive all the way down here for this. Like I'm hardcore, yo. But, uh, yeah. Talking to him. He just, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, how many times can you say yeah in a sentence? He, like, every response was, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It dude. was stupid. <laughs> it, was, it was funny. It was a nice guy, but... Nice it, guy, <laughs> but yeah, I think he was trying too hard to like communicate with a Mainer. Yeah, <laughs> he was really getting his Mainer on. Really <laughs> emphasizing the yeah. It's yeah. like, um, we're not like cyborgs. Like <laughs> We're human beings. Um, but it, no, it was, it was funny. It gave us a good laugh, um, but... Uh, yeah, we left that spot, and we then headed towards... The valley. So That was the valley. Yeah, so now we were going to a, a free stone river, dumping out of the green mounds into mass, and I knew it was going to be a lot tougher fishing because you're going to have, like, slush on, on the bottom of the river. You're going to have a bunch of ice chunks, but, yeah. you know, we had, like, the same strategy overall, just hitting the good pools, hiking up, fishing upstream. We are using similar stuff. We used a micro woolly bugger, you know, more midges, a guinea midge and whatnot. But it was definitely a much smaller river, much uh, tighter. You know, we're in a valley. It's cold and never gets sun in there. I mean, it, there was so much ice. Mm-hmm. It was. We were basically walking over glaciers, it felt like, at one point. At times, yes. At points, we were sitting on actual ice shelves in the river. Yep. Like, literally just sitting there and then casting yep. beyond that. Yep. Obviously, you fish the the edge of those ice shelves in those deep mm-hmm. pools before you sit there, but um, yeah, it was kind of nice to have like you could literally just sit literally on the water. Yep, it was insane. But uh, one thing that I was mentioning to you before we got to the spot, I was like, all right, we're going far away from the car. We're gonna be in really cold water, and there's a bunch of ice and snow. So an oh shit, what now moment is mm-hmm. you're fishing these ice cold rivers, and yes, we're in April now. But this is still good knowledge, even if you're in a part of uh, the country where April still can be winter, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. But we were, it was what? I forget. It was middle March, or uh, it was beginning of March, because it was the same, same trip, your first trip down. Yes. But yep. 
you know, if you're if you're fishing in cold waters, you got to take it slow. You know, you do not want to fall. You do not want to fall. Gosh, no. And you got to keep an eye out for ice, slush in the river, on the river bottom, like stepping on a rock. Oh, no, that's a slush. It almost, you know what it looks like, the slush? It almost looks like the, uh, like, frog eggs mm-hmm. that are, like, stuck yep, to rocks. exactly. It's, like, cloudy in a sense, but it you got to be careful because sometimes it can build up so much that it gets, like, an icy... When you step on it, compacts it and it makes yep. it really slippery. And I'm I'm lucky I have like a pair of like winter waders. And you don't, but you're able to layer up underneath as oh, much yeah. as you can. But you know, taking breaks out of the water is like huge because if when we're hiking alongside the river and getting out of the water, you can warm up a little bit, you know, feel your toes a little bit better. But just being safe, if you're going like a couple miles from the car like we did, mm-hmm. you like you don't wanna make one mistake because it could be really bad really and quickly. I mean we always say take it slow, like, during this time of year. It's, like, if it was, like, peak season, like, obviously you can rush because the waters are a little bit warmer. And obviously you want to rush because you want to hit those holes yeah. that, that are holding fish, really, you know, uh, that are feeding as well. But during these colder conditions, I mean, let's be honest. It's a grind. Like, mm. you're if you're rushing, down the, it's like, okay, there's no need to rush because, I mean, the likelihood of it actually happening this time of year. <laughs> Next to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest, right? Um, but I think, you know, still going through those procedures is good. But yes, taking it slow is is essential, especially in those cold waters. Yeah, I mean, this time of year, we're just going out for a good time. You pretty know, much we're yeah. not we don't have like a, a goal in mind of like oh i want to catch this big a fish or this many fish or hit this many bodies of water we are just kind of like freelancing a little bit and i i have some knowledge down there where i'm like all right i think we should try this and, or try that so because this is honestly our between the two of us this is our first time like like fly fishing in the winter time really mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. the two of us yep definitely um so it's it's a steep learning curve, yeah, especially that, for me. <laughs> yes, it for me it was a huge learning curve, and next year, you know, I'm going to have a totally different approach. I've learned a ton, and we're going to talk more winter fly fishing in the next episode too. But yep. so to carry on with this trip, you know, we get to the end, and there's like this dirt road that follows the river, right? <laughs> yeah, you think you would think people would be hitting this river hard, but it's like I wouldn't say it's a camp road. It's like a I don't know. It's like a shortcut road that yeah. you can like take in between two roads, but like, yeah, people live there, but I don't know. It's not. It's nothing like you're not getting constant traffic down mm-hmm, the dirt road. Mm-hmm. You're just getting the the local traffic of people that live on that road. Yeah, and there's some cats that live on that road. <laughs> cats, um, kitty cats. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So we get. So it was cool though, because as we were fishing that river. I thought it was pretty cool because you had fished it before, and, you know, when I got to a spot, I could just tell him, like, oh, baby. Like, the one that has, like, the culvert, like, the concrete mm, culvert. Yeah. And you're like, I pulled a rainbow out from right there in that culvert. I'm like, yeah, I can so see that. Yep. Like, it was just kind of cool to, like, predict and go, that's a nice spot. And you're like, yeah, I've caught, like, three rainbows from there. Like, okay. So, yeah. all right. It's a good spot. Um like you said, the further we went up this river, the better it got. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Have you ever started high and worked your way down? Uh, no, because you can't go any higher than we did. We'd be in Vermont. 
Right. But, what a, <laughs> <laughs> but like when you first started fishing that, you always worked your way up. Yes. And then I would work all my way, all the way up until I realized, oh, I'm getting close to Vermont. So, <laughs> and then, you know, you can see signs up ahead and whatnot. I'm like, all right, I got turned back. Oh, there's posted signs everywhere. Yeah. Boundary signs, posted signs. I mean, you name it. It was just, it was pretty crazy. Uh, but the best pools that we found that, well, that I witnessed was like, at the end, mm. but those pools were covered by what seventy five percent of ice. Yeah, so it's basically like almost a big lily pad, and you, know, yes. you have the sliver of the lily pad we're cat casting up into, and just hoping we can get our fly down quick enough. But it was just, it was tough. We couldn't even get to any of the good spots and actually stand on anything solid. Oh, and then this dickhead over here. So I'm trying to like wade up over. He's already like ahead of me at this next pool, and like you know I'm like straggling behind slowly but surely. All of a sudden, I hear just like iceberg, and I'm like, <laughs> "What?" I look up, dude. How big was that ice chunk? It was like twelve feet yes. by like four feet, yep. coming straight at me. And I'm in the deepest part of the river. I'm like, "Son of a bitch!" <laughs> and I'm like trying to like juke this iceberg out. Oh my gosh! Uh, so that you got to be careful of that. You know, it's almost like when you're rock climbing. And like a rock falls mm. off the cliff, and you have to yell down to the people below you, like, yep. "Hey, watch out!" Like, it's kind of the same thing, um, you know. Something that big could just sweep me right off my <laughs> easy, feet. Easy, you know. Um, so you got to be careful, and you have these rogue ice chunks too that will hit you. So you get, even though you're fishing, you always got to be kind of like watching out for what's coming down river, or what's coming up river, depending on the direction you're fishing. Yep, yep. Um, so that you just got to be weary of of those ice chunks because it can be it can change a lot of things mm -hmm. very quickly mm -hmm. if you get hit by one of those. Um, another thing I thought about this the other day too is if you have an ice uh, an ice dam that's built up on the river and that releases, yeah, that sucks. Like it's never happened to me, but like I saw a video the other day of somebody that was on on the out. They were uh, watching this ice dam break and the water level just like skyrocketed it was up. insane i was like holy shit i've never thought about like that could potentially happen when we're fly fishing yes definitely luckily with this river it was it was small enough where we wouldn't get such a catastrophic uh, failure like that but if we were on like a larger body of water you definitely have to think about something like that because you never know ever yeah so yeah now that's probably beneficial also fishing tailwaters because the likelihood of that happening mm. is very unlikely. Yes, because you know you don't have the ice build up like you do with a regular flowing river where it's not like controlled at all right. from a dam. So but scary. Yeah. Scary to think about. So as we're hiking back to the car, you know <laughs> we're just, you know, hiking oh, along. Shit. I forgot about this. <laughs> And, you know, this woman pulls up, right? Well, you know when, like, a car pulls up, like, you can hear it coming behind you, like, oh, shit, it's slowing down. Yeah. Like, and we both, like, <laughs> both kind of, like, whisper to each other, like, ah, oh, it's slowing down. Like, they want to talk. Car slows down, and the woman rolls down a window, and she's, I mean, you, you take her from there. I, I'll start laughing. So... <laughs> Are you the guys, you know, hiking up the river? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we were just fishing up the river. Are you guys fucking crazy? <laughs> what the hell are you doing? <laughs> and she said it so loud and so aggressively. I was caught off guard because it was just like, bam, and she hit us with that line. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I thought she was going to yell at us for, like, 
I don't know if we accidentally were on some private property, but we were on the public side of the river, and I just I was out of nowhere. And Dude. then she just kind of drove away. Like, nothing happened. I, The way she, like, led into it, she was like, were you guys the one that walked up the river? You were fishing, and on the, like, you were walking the riverbanks? And I was like, oh, no. She's going to, like, yell at us for, like, yeah, going yeah, on yeah. to her property or something. Which, you know, we followed those property lines to the key, meaning if it said posted, we weren't walking on that land. But the whole time we're like, oh, is she going to, like, yell at us right now? And she's like, you guys are fucking nuts. <laughs> <laughs> we just start laughing. Oh, man. But, yeah, it was – so it went. It was a roller coaster ride. We went from, like, oh, shit to, like, just laughing. What the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> and, like, the whole time going back, we were just, like, just quoting her the whole time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, man. But that pretty much wraps up that trip down there. I mean, we got skunked, but we – I we had hit. Did we had some hits on that river though? I'm pretty sure. We I did. think you had a couple hits. I think I had one hit. Yeah. But um, nothing yielded from that. Sadly, no. man. No. I kind of like wrapped up your first trip down here, and I was I don't know. I had been out fly fishing in the winter a few times before that, but every time I went out this year, I learned more and more and more, and just all these different things you have to keep an eye out. And but going down there and doing that, like even though I didn't catch anything, and I've. Um, yet to catch a trout in uh, Massachusetts, a fish in Massachusetts. Um, you know, each time I go down there, you can see the potential. Mm. Like those waters, underrated, man, underrated. Seriously though, like you know, you go to Northern Maine, you're like, wow, look at this water. This shit's right in your backyard, like mm-hmm. down Massachusetts, and it's like not far. I mm-hmm. mean, two hours. Let's be honest, yeah. but I mean, like glacial water, like pristine perfect conditions like the rocks on the bottom they're not even slimy mm-hmm. like they're just it's just pure like glacial waters it's crazy i feel like a, not a lot of rivers in maine are just like crystal clear you know mm-hmm. i feel there's always like a little tinge to it which isn't necessarily bad but like these rivers are just like clear spot fishing yeah you can literally see them it's awesome it's insane but um, so I'm going to ramble on a little bit because I did a little bit of uh, scouting myself for some fishing. So uh, it was probably the weekend after you came down. I just wanted to explore like all of Western Mass. You know, I've have a couple books. I have a gazetteer. I've done some online research and I just kind of was like, fuck it. I'm going to just hit a bunch of waters, you know, get some intel, yada, yada, yada. So basically using those books online forums deep dive into the web i was able to find like five rivers i wanted to hit and i ended up making seven stops overall but i was just you know throwing the kitchen sink at every river just seeing if i can't get anything to bite and i did not get many hits you know i found great spots where it was like similar rivers where it was uh freestone crystal clear um pretty remote beautiful countryside too like one going through like a farmland and what was, was your, awesome. um, what were you using for flies? That so I used a, a rabbit zonker streamer with a little bit of crystal flash in it, and it's like a really simple fly. It just kind of looks like a leech or some sort of bait fish. Um, mm. I was using a copper john stonefly nymph that I saw online, and I've been tying up a lot more stoneflies, and we'll get way more into fly tying, you know, over the next couple episodes and later in this episode. But you know, with when you have cabin fever. <laughs> What what are you gonna do? I I go skiing every weekend, but sometimes you just need to scratch your itch and get out on the water. Even yeah. though like, am I really gonna have a lot of luck? No. Have I ended up having a lot of luck? 
Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I would say yes. Um, so, but don't be discouraged if you're going out doing some winter fly fishing. Like, mm-hmm. just get on the water and enjoy it. So I was going like, to say, it's more than just catching the fish. Oh, yeah. Like, yes, we're obviously out there to catch the like catch a fish, but it's more than just that. Yep. Yeah, so we have a bunch of what's in the uh, what's new in the bag. We have a, a ton of shit we actually have to go over here. Holy hell, I guess. Wow. So I'm going to just try to rifle through a couple of these. I don't want to bore people talking about fly tying, but I've really gone Fuck into that, it. dude. This is good shit. What are you talking so about? So you were very nice, and you got me a hella good Christmas gift. Dude, such a good Christmas gift. I think it's one of the best gifts I've ever gotten. It's so creative, and I've never even heard of it. It's, it's yeah. Post Fly. It's called Post Fly, yeah. Uh, it was... Um, mentioned to me by actually one of our listeners, and uh, it was kind of cool because I, I started looking into. It, I was like, "Damn!" I was like, "This is this is right up, you know, Andrew's alley." Like, it it's a little kit that um, you sign up for. You can do like a three month, six month, or annual. It doesn't matter. Uh, but they send you a sample fly of yep. what you could tie. They send you all the materials to make that fly, which they send you a shit ton yes. of material. Yes, um, and. Uh, they give you like some brochures, stickers. I mean, there's equipment. And in there. yeah, they give you like nice ni- uh, nippers. They give you like uh, nail knot tools. Yep. All these like cool little gadgets. Where I'm like, I wouldn't buy it, but it's like sick. I have it now. I'm like, oh, it's sick. And they're like good accessories and they're actual quality. It's right. not like bad stuff. Like whatever junk they're just throwing out in the mail. But the brochures have all this information, and I've actually learned quite a bit. Uh, like yeah, it's not like a bun- it's not like a magazine. It's just a little like short blurbs here and there, just talking about like fly tying tips, fishing tips, winter fishing tips, and everything they send you is for that time of the year, which is really cool. So they were sending me a bunch of midges for the winter time, because where are you gonna fish in the winter? A midge. So I got a blood midge, hang low midge, a guinea midge, and then the- recently they sent me the drifting squalla, which is a stone fly dry fly actually hatches in april and i was like this is sick like they literally time it up for the fly they give you is what you're going to use and on top of that they say you can make up to like what 12 flies it says uh 15 by the brochure but so something that you were doing is you were saying like the hooks they were sending were a little too big so you put it on a different hook yep different hook more material ah yeah so you have they give you a material so you can make maybe 50 more than that, I would say. I'm still using these materials, and if I don't like the hook, I switch out the hook. I have a ton of hooks, and I can save that hook for a different fly. Yep. And it's awesome. But so, so if you can, folks, post fly. It's pretty cool. It's a great gift idea. Based in mass. It is based in mass, which is really yep. awesome. So, um, but uh, if you do sign up for it, so when I initially signed up for it for your uh, Christmas gift, it was I did three months because we didn't know how it was going to be and whatnot. Just wanted to do a test ride. Well, if you sign up for the three months, um, it's an ongoing, reoccurring thing. So the like, what was it? Two weeks ago, like another like, you know, large quantity of money came out of my account. (laughs) I was like, "Well, what the hell?" And I was like, "Dude, you're getting three more months." He's like, "Oh shit, okay, sweet." (laughs) So you got six months of it, which is badass. And I, to be honest, I haven't canceled it yet. So. I'll probably forget, and you might get three more I, months. I love but. it. I love it. <laughs> we'll talk more about how I was able to get you back for uh, that generosity. But Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. Um, I've been tying a shit ton. Like a madman, yeah. I have, I've bought four uh, fly boxes because I'm just filling them up. I've Now, this number's off because we made this agenda three weeks ago, I feel like. Yep. I've probably over 200 flies made. Dude, that's insane. It's 
freaking awesome. So, <laughs> so you know, I started off with kind of easier stuff, you know, like midges aren't hard. I mean, it's, it's thread and wire. So, yeah. like, anyone could do that. You right. could do it. <laughs> I mean, but it definitely that's fact though. <laughs> like you, I've worked my way up where I've gone like you know midges, like less complicated nymphs, right. complicated nymphs, and then I've started getting into like a little bit of streamers, dry flies, and just kind of working my way up in difficulty. And the more you tie, like yeah, have I made a fly and just thrown it away or cut off everything on it? Like yeah, like you learn, you get your techniques down, but. The more you tie, just the better you are. So, but what was cool is the more I've tied, I've been able to make my own creations where I just mm-hmm. kind of mend these different things together. And this will come up big in a later episode. But you know, I made some stonefly patterns out of uh, pheasant tail and like copper john variations. Where you know I, I've seen similar ones, but I didn't quite like how it looked or the colors of it. So. You it's gotta, pretty. Cool. You gotta put some of that on uh, Instagram. Yeah, I know. I just need to get a good photo. I just have like a bad it's hard to focus the fly in the vice without having a backdrop nearby. So mm. it kind of looks blurry. So it's kind of hard, but, and I'm just taking this on my phone. Like, let's be real. <laughs> I, I don't have any cameras, <laughs> but uh, lessons I've learned from tying flies. You just, the more you tie, the more you learn and you got to be patient. And it's literally just like fly fishing. Fly fishing is a game of patience. In my I have, opinion, I have patience in a tree, but I don't have patience. Like, I reach a breaking point eventually. See, I th- <laughs> I'm like the exact opposite. So when I'm deer hunting, I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is tough <laughs> right now. But at least when I'm like fly fishing, you're constantly doing something like oh, I'm tying this, not tying that on, tying this on, doing this, cast here, fix my line, do this, do that, hike up here, read the water. Just it just takes patience when you're tying, and I've gone frustrated. Who doesn't? Like you're using a little feather on a size twenty like hook. It's hard to tie on, but and most t- most flies are pretty much tied the same like for yes. as far as like the foundation of yeah, it. Yeah, right? so like you, once you like learn one, you're and then you do a couple more, you're like, oh, it's just kind of the same pattern. You just put different shit on the hook. Mm. Kind of. Like obviously there's little nuances, but like right. at the end of the day it's like it's the same shit. And if you tie enough of them, like you said, eventually you're like what if I did like exactly. know, an iridescence thing here? Or what if I did like you know uh, and what's awesome now, I can literally look at a fly and be like, oh all right, that's how you make. Like, I can make it without watching a video on it. Now I can just look at it and be like, uh, deconstruct the, it. Yeah, I can see exactly how it was made. I mean, obviously sometimes there's steps where you like have to look up one step, but you know, the more you tie, that's all I can say. Just tie more, and then it's a great way to pass the time. Not looking at a screen. You know, I get home from work and I don't want to look at a screen, and I'm not running when it's zero degrees out, and I can't fish because it's dark. So what am I gonna do? I'm going to tie some flies, get ready for uh, the big trips this spring. So, but to kind of transition a little bit. So when you're tying, you want to go to a local fly shop. Don't go to a big corporation place. You go to a place where the guy is going to be nice and give you information. I have been lucky. I found two Mm. uh, fly shops in Mass where this guy, very generous, um, He's helped me tremendously. I walk in, he knows my name, he shows me little techniques, tips, whatever, what I should throw, all these different things, and I ended up getting new fly lines for us, um, floating lines. Yep. And it's a game, game changer. Changer. It <laughs> game is. changer. I cannot recommend it enough, getting a textured fly line. Mm-hmm. And if you're throwing, like, no, I mostly throw nymphs and dries. I don't streamer fish yet. I don't really have the setup for it, but textured line, 
floats high, mm-hmm. you know, less drag when you're casting, so you can mend it super easy. But make sure you actually take care of your fly lines. So I treat ours, I've washed them, I've cleaned them, whatever, with the right, uh, what's it, the fucking solutions and whatnot. And it's night and day when you do that. And like, it, you, towards the end of a trip, you're like, you can start to see like the tip of your floating line start to sink a little, and you're like, oh, got to clean the line. Literally the next day after you do it, it's like, boom, it just sits on top of the it's water. It's so weird. It's like, what the hell? Because those grooves in the line, it creates more surface area, so therefore it's, it's distributing better. Yep. Um, but so we got those uh, new lines. I've got a bunch of tying stuff from him, tying advice, fishing advice for the winter, and you know we're gonna get we're gonna get hit you with a lot of fishing these next couple episodes. So yeah. Um, one a uh, couple last things for what's new in the bag. I got you walking sticks. I know you mentioned them earlier. Yeah, just getting some cheap walking sticks that you can like beat. You know, um, jabbing them into the rocks. Uh, but it's it is literally a game changer. I. We were on one of our trips, um, we were hitting a river really quick. I, th- I think it was like we were losing daylight, and we'll probably talk about this again. But uh, specific instance, I was left, you know, my walking stick at the car, and I just brought the fly rod. And when I was coming out of the water, I literally grabbed my left hand. I was like, oh yeah, I was like yeah. looking for the walking stick. I'm like, where the hell is it? And I panicked because I was like, oh shit, did it fall in the water? But I was like, oh, it's back in the car. Yeah. So I've now I've gotten so like comfortable with it that I rely on it to go through the water. I mean, it I remember seeing people do it all the time. And then after, you know, fishing last summer and I got myself one cheap, really cheap, just got it at Walmart, the cheapest one they have. And yeah. literally like I use it for every step I take. Yeah. <laughs> I'm walking down the road and I have it. And it's yep. just nice. It's great. You know, when you're trying to cross this like little bit of sketchy area, if you didn't have a walking stick, boom. I'm about to fall, boom. Yep. It is just it's a game changer. So it is. It really is. We I mean, every time I feel like every time we go out, there's an instance where like one of us like slips and we just like jab it into the ground and we look at each other and we go, game changer. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. So the, um, you know, the biggest like largest change is what i'm sitting in right now dude i mean shout out to my old man um he's helped me a lot to you know make this dream a reality and that sounds too cliche but yeah finished off half my basement made it into essentially a man cave but a grip and grin cave if you will um you know looking over there we get the salmon from last year man you know bjorn's over there on the wall Ace and Hightower right behind us. I got Teddy directly yep. behind me on the wall. Like, there's and, a lot of memories here, man. And there's going to be a lot more very quickly. You know, <laughs> sitting right in front of me here, 75-inch TV, dude, flat screen. You helped me uh, purchase that and, uh, you know, did some research. And, I mean, we're watching fly fishing out in Montana on this thing right now. Uh, you obviously can hear the audio, but... As he was rambling here, I was just watching like bull trout, <laughs> cutties out west. I'm like, damn. Soon oh. enough, give it a couple years. You know, we'll get our New England fix in these next two years. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, we have big plans. I mean, this year. I mean, next episode, um, the little teaser. We got a lot of mass fishing to talk about. Dude. And yeah. Another teaser. We probably won't get this till two more episodes, but we're we're going up northern Maine. You know, ramping up, baby. Making another annual uh, trip up to the northern. And now you know everything's open. It's April, so April first. It's fucking awesome. But 
April 2nd now, but anywho. But yeah, uh, the wall of shame is going to have to... I don't know what we're doing with wall of shame. See, I originally thought you were just going to throw it in the garage and just have a whole wall of antlers out there. That's what I originally thought, but then you were talking about putting it in here. It's like you can't do it, though. Got the pike going on the wall soon. Yeah. So, but... You know, we still got plenty of room on the walls. You know, we can organize things to be a little bit... Yeah, you know. we just... You know, we... You have to have a wall of shame, but right now this is just a trophy room, and it's pretty much it's a grip and grin room. Yeah, that's what it is. Still have to get the leather couch, you know, like. Yeah. Hey, hey, you got the lights on. You oh, got the t- it is. It's fucking rocking. In yeah, here. you you were the first one to spend the night in the yes, grip and grin cave, and it's awesome. <laughs> it's freaking awesome. It is pretty sweet. Um, we're not dang. I think for the first time we're not hanging uh, blankets from the ceiling. We're not in the ice shack. <laughs> oh man, we've come a long way. We did. Uh, we actually burned our <laughs> our original Grip and Grin table. Uh, version two, version, version two, two point yeah. table. Uh, we burned it last night just because uh, we got a new table too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're stepping up in the world, man. <laughs> it's awesome. It is awesome. But make sure to check out the Instagram, check out old pods, share, like, and subscribe with your friends. And yep. as always, as always, I'll let you lead because this is, it's more appropriate. Yeah. Get on the water. Let's go. And if you can't get in the woods. Yeah. Folks. Get in the water. 